Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we work as much tackling as we possibly can, but um, for him, we do a lot of work each week when we play Tennessee on his stiff arm. Um, you know, we've seen it. Uh, once again, many, many times that he's got a hell of a stiff arm and we, we work drills specifically, obviously, um, this week when we go against Derek every, every time we play him. So his stiff arm is something that we work on, um, each week when we play him. You better. Todd Wash. I have to find this article. Uh, it's at my grandma's house. The first time I was ever featured in the paper, I would have been in, uh, it was fifth grade. And I was playing for, it was like, <laughs> the team was called the police, like the police department sponsored our team. Okay. So they had police jerseys. I actually saw that jersey uh, in a frame in my place, by the way. My mom got me that for my birthday. But anyways, um, my very first like ever like sports headline was me stiff-arming a kid because um, I was playing running back. And I stiff-armed him. And, dude, like the shot is so insane because like you can see my face. And I'm like screaming in the kid's face. And I'm just saying, get off me. And uh, yeah, man, I put the team on my back that day. So I'll have to find that. Uh, I'll have to find that picture. You know what's crazy about that too is like that would have been what? How old you were? Fifth grade, so that would have been two thousand and like two. Oh uh, no, it'd be two thousand. It would have been like ninety eight, ninety seven. Okay, yeah. So you take the picture quality even of that. Oh probably, yeah, yeah. Versus like what you would have got today and. Well, it was in color. Like, I was excited because it was in color. Well, I mean, like, that's, that, that. that was a big deal. Yeah. I'm just saying that was a big deal. Dude, color picture? What? In, in the, I think it was in the, what was it in? Oh, the Stevens Point Journal, by the way. Ah, very so, good. I mean, the, I'd say, hey, can hey, you take a picture? The Jags made the Stevens Point yeah, Journal, yeah, and man. so did Austin Lane. Now you're talking. For the now Jags. you're talking. I, I would text my grandma and be like, hey, send me a picture of that, but she doesn't text. She doesn't know how the camera phone works, so, like, this is going to be a big process. Like, it's going to be like she has to, like, fax it to me or something <laughs> like that. So, well, we'll see, man, but eventually I'll get that picture to show you. I like you. it. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I actually had some pictures today pop up with the old bowl cut. Please post them. Uh, I might have to post Put them. on the show, please. Put on YouTube right now. You had a bowl cut? I mean, who didn't have a bowl cut, right? Yeah. This thing was yeah. legit, too, man. Can you can I see it right now, please? Just to get a little, a little appetizer? Yeah, it's, you tell me if we should post it or not. Oh, we're posting it. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. I mean, Brent Martineau and Bowl Cut. Yeah, is there cut, more Brent? of like a, a common haircut? Is that what used to call you? Bowl Cut Brent? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, that's... That's like a popcorn bowl, like a giant one, man. We ain't talking like a bowl you eat cereal out of. I'm talking about like... <laughs> I'm talking about like one of those like those giant salad bowls, like the steel salad salad bowls that you mix salad in. That's what you were rocking. That's what they put over your head. That's a good one. That's true. Could you even see with that thing? I like, don't it's know. like right by your eyebrows, man. I, that's I don't how, remember. Oh, that's hardcore. Bangs, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna need to see some more pictures of those later. I, I, I saw that on Facebook. Uh, it was all over the Facebook memories today, and my sisters must have posted. Uh, some Santa pictures yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, Bowl cut. Might Brent. have to share that. Please do. Later. Please do. But um, QBU, you were mentioning. QBU. Who was QBU? I did the due diligence. You oh, did. my gosh. I, got I hope Mark Spencer's not listening to this. But right now, I mean, you'd have to say Oklahoma. Whoa. Correct. Yeah. So I went on Sports Illustrated. 
I did the homework. I did the due diligence. And they have two rankings. They have a ranking, which seems like the past five years. And then they have a ranking uh, from the past 20 years. And the criteria basically states that wherever these quarterbacks got drafted, they get a certain amount of points, right? Okay. So first round's uh, amount of points, top fives, amount of whatever. So in the past five years, QBU is said to be, well, Oklahoma. Because they've had Sam Bradford. They've had Kyler Murray. Baker Mayfield, uh, all in the first round, mind you. And then in the fourth round, they've had Landry Jones. And by the way, now they can add a little bit. I don't know if they'll stake claim to him, but Jalen Hurts. Correct. So who's second round now starting this week. So, yeah. I mean, if you really look at it. And, and by the way, that might be the biggest indicator of how much the game has changed. Mm -hmm. Because seriously, before this, before let's go after Bradford. Mm-hmm. If you take those guys away, yeah, like Bradford was the only guy, even though as so, prolific as they were on offense, yep. you couldn't find like another Big Twelve guy. Like I said, that's that's always been my argument. Well, the game has now changed. I mean, the game has changed so much that the Big Twelve now does have guys that are playing well mm -hmm. in the NFL because they've adapted their style to the college game. And look at Oklahoma just in itself. I mean, all these Heisman winners. Well, and I misspoke. It's not that the past five years, obviously, with Sam Bradford, it's the past ten years. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma's number one, Auburn number two with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. Florida State would be number three with Jameis Winston, E.J. Manuel, and Christian Ponder. Uh, and then Louisville's rounding up the category with Lamar Jackson and Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, two you know, first -round listen, Louisville and, and is pretty good there because those guys are, are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, like Auburn, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, now, I, I mean, no, Cam Newton. Yeah. I, and Cam obviously, Newton obviously, wasn't MVP. But. Auburn got the bump because of the MVP because of the starts and because he was offensive rookie of the year. And also, keep in mind, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford, it's surprising, was offensive rookie yeah, of the year. Yeah, Bradford was well. very good. He just can't yeah. stay healthy. I mean, he yeah. had he had chance to be very good. Yeah. What's interesting here is if you do take Oklahoma away right now, I think it's all spread out. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're asking about where do you go find your quarterback, there isn't a place. There's mm -hmm. no QB factory. Correct. Really. And, you know, it, yeah. I don't think in college football. I mean, Alabama has been very good, but that doesn't mean every year they're producing NFL quarterbacks, mm -hmm. you know, that you're going to fall in love with. Um, USC used to kind of be like that. You well, know, USC used to be a big name when it comes and, to quarterbacks. And in the past 20 years, the quarterback U standings, USC is number one by a long shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then that's not surprising. But yeah. I would say overall, I mean, you have just as much luck going to find Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo at Eastern Illinois. Yeah. And and we'll see what happens with Trey Lance and even a Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. As you do going to Florida, Miami, Alabama, wherever. It's true. You know, up until the last few years where Oklahoma obviously has had a bunch of guys. And I will say this. How many of those guys transferred in? Hurts, Mayfield, mm -hmm. transferred in. So did they originally start there? But I'm not going to take that away from them. I'm just saying I just think that's so noticeable of how the game has changed. And, again, if, you, if we're doing this show five years ago. And we're asking the same question. Oklahoma is not in the conversation. And I'm sitting here telling you that I'm scared of a Big 12 guy. Yeah. Because I haven't seen many Big 12 players come out and perform well at that position, even though they're throwing for 5,000 yards and, you know, Graham Harrell and all these guys. Well, that has changed. Well, that's how scouting has changed as well, right? Because even back like in 2010 when I was coming out, like if you're a small school guy, like you still like, you know, people had to kind of do deep dives on you. Like nowadays, if I was coming out, I could go to YouTube right now. I could show you my highlight yeah, film, yeah, true. all the great music. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's changed that way because we have so much information at the axis of our fingertips now. So in terms of scouting, in terms of finding those players, like if you're good, no matter where you are, you could be D3, like Ben Barch. 
they're going to find you. Yeah, well, I think this quarterback class is an interesting one because you have Clemson, who's arguably the best program of the last five years. They have their yeah. Ohio State is right up there as perennially a great program, mm-hmm. and Justin Fields. You have BYU, who, by the way, if you want QBU in the long run, I mean, sure. from Jim McMahon to Steve Young to the legacy Ty Detmer to, you know, I mean, yeah. they've had some good ones, but welcome back with Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And then you do have a guy like Trey Lance, who's obviously playing North Dakota State and leaves a lot of question marks. And then you have Trask and Mac Jones, I mean, you know, putting up these great numbers and playing a game that now does exist a little bit more in the NFL. Like, it's not that big transition anymore. There's some elements that are different. But, again, I think that's the moral of the story here. And when asked the question, does Ohio State not having a track record of good quarterbacks in the NFL scare you, Mm -hmm. I think all you really need to do is look at any Big 12 quarterback that's come out in the last five years. Prior to, you'd say... That might scare me. I haven't seen a track record of a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Now, bam, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I would answer the Ohio State question because I've made the argument the other way in the past, and I think my eyes have been open to the fact that the NFL has adapted so much to the college quarterback to make that college quarterback comfortable, and the game is adapted so much that I don't have those concerns anymore. No, without a doubt. I mean, it's like I was saying, like, you have a pretty, and there's going to be busts no matter where you go, but you have a pretty good feeling of the type of guy that you're going to get, right? Because there's there's no way to hide anymore. Like in, in terms of your off the field issues, in terms of your like your leadership and your intangibles, what you bring on the field, like you can't hide anything. Like I mean, it was hard to hide things I feel like 20 years ago, but nowadays, man, good luck with that. Yeah, very, yeah, you're not hiding, you're not hiding anything, but it's still. You want to still see what's interesting about this conversation is, yeah, you can go get guys small school. You can go get guys from wherever you want to get them. You can't hide on anybody, whether you're in high school or college. But you still want to see a guy like Justin Fields on the biggest of stages because you want to see how he reacts. Right. I mean, if we had our, our, you know, pick, Mm. we still want to see those guys against the best competition. By the way. Um, like if if you're like a college, so for instance, I mean, are there like any? I guess South Carolina is an example, right? Like South Carolina just fired their coach. I'm sure they're in the process of the new coach. I mean, would you bring in the entire coaching staff of North Dakota State here? Because keep in mind how this transpired. They've had Carson Wentz. The the staff that had Carson Wentz went to Wyoming and had Josh Allen. And now the the staff that kind of like got left behind a little bit that got upgraded. Now they have Trey Lance. That's a pretty impressive resume for a small school. Like, why wouldn't you bring those guys in to a bigger program? Because the quarterback's the most important position. We see what Lincoln Riley is doing. And maybe I'm just trying to give a little bit too much love for North Dakota State. But I think it, 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 it at least warrants a discussion. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I, you got Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, and Trey Lancer resume. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good QBU in itself. Yeah. What I would say is... um or that's that'd be QBC, QB coaching. Yeah, QB coaching. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, but I, I love I love what Jason Fitz tells us now a couple of times. Yeah, and he did it again on Tuesday. Is uh, again, if you bring Justin Fields, go find me somebody who's comfortable with Justin Fields that knows the ins and outs of that kid and hire him. Yeah, down here, I, I like that. I mean, I do. I, that's not. That's yeah. see. Here's why you don't like the idea of that so much. Because you're coddling. Well, and you always say you coddle the quarterback. Well, you are, but comfort is a good thing, too, and confidence is a big thing in it anything. Is. 
Um, but I also think people will turn their ears to that a little bit because it feels like the college game. In the college recruiting world, what happens sometimes? You want a kid coming out of high school, what do you do? You go hire like his high school coach or his dad who's been working with him or his whatever. You know, we hear yeah. those stories of that. And so it feels like that. And I think that's our, our eyes kind of go, our, our ears go, whoa, no, man. I don't want, whatever. This guy doesn't deserve a head coach uh, or a job in the NFL, whatever job it is. But, I don't mind the idea of it. I mean, you know, if there's somebody that makes sense, you know, and by the way, I mean, Fitz was talking about the Burrow situation with Joe Brady, which would make a ton of sense, Mm -hmm. you know, because Brady was around him and comfortable with him and and worked with him. And and obviously his resume also said, but he can can coach in the NFL because he's doing it now in Carolina. Listen, Fitz isn't wrong because obviously you have to have that level of comfortability. But at the same time, we always critique coaches and we always you know, grill coaches that want to bring their guys in that they feel comfortable with, right? Because sometimes the most comfortable guy isn't the best option. And I get it. It's different from a player's perspective, but you have to have the same question where I get it. You you want to bring a guy from his university because it makes him feel comfortable. But then you have to have a, a real conversation with yourself and say, he may be comfortable, but is it the best decision? Like, does it give him the best chance to be successful? And I think you can make an argument to say it doesn't. Yeah, maybe there is. Yeah. Um, you know, but you have to go through that process. JM says uh, Peyton Manning and young Chris Johnson scared him the most. A uh, couple guys we brought up, actually. Yeah, uh, Dale Body says, I uh, feel like Philip Rivers always had a career day against us. You're right. I just disagree with the fact that he scared the heck out of me. I didn't think he was going to have a career day until he did have the career day again. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure if Philip Rivers does that. Um, but uh, fair enough. I mean, it proved to be the case. Uh, Tony Polster with a good one. Steve McNair. And I think Eric's oh, yeah. absolutely right about that. Uh, with the Tennessee. curse or not from a defensive? Well, first of all, I wasn't here at that time. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. have as good a feel for that. Kid. But I don't think so. Okay. I still don't know if you do that with a defensive player. Aaron Donald for sure. He probably does. Uh, he, no, he is. Trust me. I know. But if Aaron Donald were to play. Listen, look. if you were to play Aaron Donald twice a year. Yeah. Now, maybe that would be the case. If you were to play Aaron Donald twice a year, especially if you got like a young quarterback, you're probably pretty scared of him. Dude, I, like, I think did coaches, Dwight Freeney do that players, at all? Ooh, good call. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I, I think that, that's, that's a great well, example. Actually, J.J. Watt probably I has Robert, done that here. But uh, I think the combination of Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney was what really did it for you. Yeah. Not bad. Eric says not a player, but Jeff Fisher should be the <laughs> head Jags next coach because you don't think he ever lost a game in Jacksonville. Well, Eric, you can't coach against Jacksonville if he's the coach of Jacksonville. Um, we got any uh, white tight end or wide receiver? <laughs> any white tight end? Okay. Uh, Miami Going back to Frank Whitechuck. Yeah, well, any of them. QBU right now has to be Oklahoma, Mayfield, Murray, and Hurts. Yeah. Uh, any Titan running back fits in this category. And uh, Robert Sixto says, uh, when it comes to Justin Fields, Ohio State doesn't scare him. It's instead how he stares down receivers scares him more. Mm. It's the decisions that scare me. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a knock that I'm starting to hear a little bit about the stare down stuff. I, I oh, are we are we off the train? No, I oh. think it's a Uh-oh. I think it's a common thing in college because you can. Sure, you can. I mean, your your guy, your hey, best you don't guy. Have to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Chris Olave is going yeah. to most likely beat the other guy. And so if that's where you're going, you can do that. If Devontae Smith is going to run a route, he's probably going to beat the other guy nine times out of ten. So, so I good. can stare him down. So good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just don't know if there's a lot. I don't hear that when I'm when you're talking college football as much, the eye yeah. discipline and the eye movement through the quarterback. Now Everybody's going to look left and throw right at the quarterback position. They do yeah. that in high school now. But I just – I don't – I'm not saying don't look at it. 
I just don't know if I'm getting over carried away with that criticism because I've actually heard it from Trevor about Trevor Lawrence a little bit too. Sure. Yeah. The the looking down the receivers doesn't really scare me right now because you can learn off that and you, you teach that going forward. So I'm not worried about that. But what I am worried about with Justin Fields and I brought this up after the Indiana game and I understand it's one game. Don't overreact. Yada yada yada. But the interceptions that he had, like. They were not good interceptions. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I, I mean, because he he tried to extend the play, he threw it up to no man's land, um, and they were very bad decisions and very bad interceptions. I'm talking to the point where when he's in meetings, those interceptions will be brought up, and his thought process through those interceptions will be brought up. But what really irked me was the fact that, and I, I forgot, I think it was the second one that he threw, where like he was literally on the way to getting sacked, and he just threw it up there on a prayer. And the guy intercepted. It reminded me of Jameis Winston. And I always said this about Jameis Winston, regardless of, of what the, the resume showed you, like you saw enough Jameis Winston to know this guy is not a good decision maker. And you saw that in his pro career as well. It's one game. I get it. But to me, those decisions that Justin Fields made in that game, man, they, they raise a red flag for me. Yeah, they should. They should make yeah. you investigate more. That's what they should do. They yeah. shouldn't scare you from picking him. Yeah. But they should, well, they should yeah. make you do more work. He had half the interceptions in his career came in that game. Yeah. Was and, it just a bad day or is it a problem? I'm just saying everyone throws interceptions, right? And then there's good ones and there's bad ones. Sometimes the, the corner just makes a great play. Yeah. Sometimes you try to force it a little bit too yeah, much. Miscommunication. I'm just saying whatever. the ones that I saw against Indiana – Raise the red flag for me. All right. Uh, here's a red flag tonight. It's the Rams and the Patriots mm. and, and prize picks. Oh. I know you like the over, but this might not be a game for you oh, because this is a game for unders. Okay. I mean, that's, that's your opinion. By the opinion. way, prize picks, I just opened it up. And when Cam Newton scores in the fourth quarter tonight, yep. you win. Anyone who placed at least two entries using only players from the second half board tonight will receive 10%. Cash back on Wait, that loss. So if, you, so if you select Cam Newton and he scores as in a touchdown, like a, a rushing touchdown or a passing touchdown? It doesn't specify. Because okay. Aaron Donald's saying, hold my Gatorade. You're not going to rush on me. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, wait, for those who came and scores or throws. Yeah, so he can oh, run. Okay. Up. Okay. Then, hey, then you, you have my attention, Brent Martino. Let's go. Okay. So here's okay. what we have. PrizePicks.com, the PrizePicks app. Uh, hopefully you've been playing along. Follow along with us. You can use the promo code JAX, J-A-X. You get a 100% match on your first $100 uh, deposit uh, up to that much. So uh, check it out. We're having a blast with it. Might have won a big one the other day. A nice, nice W might on the have, entry. Might have had a giant one, but, you know, C.D. Lamb sometimes. You, you know what's a disappointment? What's up? Is that I was ready for, you know how you get, like, Grand Slam if you win the four? Yeah. I didn't get, like, this oh, nice wait, so message for my psyche. You, you didn't get, like, the like the, like the confetti falling down? Nothing? Well, nothing. Like, I, I was, you know, again, like, some of them say goal. Grand, yeah, because yeah, they're losing money. I, I think they were mad at me for winning the big one. Well, and probably, you know, I mean, for, for, for the way you put your entries in, depending on how much it was, I'm sure they're upset because now they've lost a portion of the company. <laughs> the way Brent Martin's betting over here. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Cam Newton, over-unders, daily fantasy simplified. Yeah. Uh, two, three, four, five different players mm -hmm. in an entry. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as over-under. You know, by now you might be disappointed in your fantasy league. And say I'm out. I don't. I, I can't you? do it anymore. I'm in the you? consolation bracket, even though I'm still trying to win the consolation you? bracket. And that's okay. <laughs> Whoever 
got celebrated for winning a consolation bracket. I just want to be playing on the final week of the year. Sure. And and keep telling I'll yourself that. that. Up. You got it, man. Um, sure, you can say second place is for first losers, <laughs> yeah. but not for me. I'm carrying a trophy home. I'm going to be a loser. All right. He's saying it. Uh, Cam Newton, 16.9. Oof. Rushing your uh, See, and here's the thing. The defensive line of the Rams, like, do you think Aaron Donald's going to let Cam Newton run? I don't care if it was uh, the Rams or not. 16.9 for Cam Newton. I got to go cheap. under. Okay. I got to go under all day. Yeah. Okay, I, I got mean, you. He just hasn't put. He passed for like 80 yards last week. I know they scored like 45 points. I was going to say, did you watch the game, though? I get it. Yeah. I, it wasn't like he was asked to do a lot. He's going to be asked to do more. Who's he throwing to? Like, uh, Jacoby Myers? And he's 10, and then Damian Harris is 9. Yeah, but listen, who, I'm, if, I'm if, sorry. If he's Ramsey Damian going against Jacoby Myers? Like, if, if Ramsey's up against Myers, Myers has no chance. Oh, My yeah. guess is he won't even travel with anybody. But So, listen, we always talk about this with with, uh, with prize picks. The receiver's a good way to go because yeah. you get receptions. I mean, that's one point Seriously, right there. if you score right. a touchdown from, like, 25 yards out, you, yeah. you could get over 10 right with there. With all due respect to your running backs out there, but unless you're Alvin Kamara and you're catching a lot of balls like Derrick Henry, you don't you don't catch a lot of balls. Yeah. So it's hard to pick you on prize picks, man. The I'm only just saying, time you shouldn't go receiver is when Juju Smith-Schuster catches seven passes for 28 yards. Yeah, that, 28 yards? Seriously broke the whole system. Like, that's seriously impossible broke the whole model. Moore is your quarterback. So you know how I go, Brent. I'm going receivers, right? And, and here's the game. we got to play the game of... Who's Jalen Ramsey going to cover, and who's Stephon Gilmore going to cover? Yeah. Two big discussions, because I'm not sure if you watched that Cardinals game like I did when Stephon Gilmore was on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Thank you very much. Wasn't a good day for Hopkins. So my gut instinct is telling me that Robert Woods will be covered by Stephon Gilmore. Really? Just because he's had the most targets, he's had the most share. So I'm going Cooper Cup. 16 points is a lot. But this is a high-powered offense, and something's got to give. So give me Cooper Cup with the over, and then you know what? Just because I'm feeling froggy, just because I guess I'm on the Los Angeles Rams bandwagon today, give me Cam Akers with the over. He's getting a lot of touches. Getting a lot of touches, dynamic, and you know what else he can do, Brent? He can catch passes in the backfield. I like that. So give me Cam Akers and give me Cooper Cup with the over. I don't you know, know if I like I, Cooper Cup. I, I, you don't got to like him. You don't kind of like I do him. like your this Cam Akers. Is, this is my doing here. But I would probably, I think, uh, I, is Jalen Ramsey going to travel with a receiver? Jacoby Myers is like Cam Newton's favorite weapon. Yeah. But, I mean, is he really going to travel with Jacoby Myers? I, mean, I don't know, Brent. Are names like Jacoby Myers and, De- and Demir Bird keeping you up at night? No. Yeah. So I, I don't, don't know, know what he's going to do. But if he does travel with them, he'll shut him down is my point. Correct. Like he just Correct. take him right out of the game. Yeah. Uh, I think what's interesting, you know, the cool thing about prize picks, too, you go deep individual defensive yeah. players. And, and you have yep. Stephon Gilmore mm-hmm. and Aaron Donald. Yep. Gilmore, four and a half, which is tackles plus anything else that happens, fumble recovery, interception. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, can get some extra points for sacks and stuff. Ta- you get tackles, though, too, right? And tackles. See, and it doesn't have to be solo tackles. It's assisted tackles as well. Yeah. So Aaron Donald, that kind of like the is, it's at six, right? But they're gonna double him up the whole time and make somebody else. Boom. And I know, and I know. Hey, Brent, and I tell you, I went under on Aaron Donald a couple weeks ago and and, and got a W there. Yeah. So listen, I think like depending how this offense is gonna look with Cam Newton, what they're gonna do, Aaron Donald at six, prime time, that's a steal. I'd, I'd probably add the over to my entry there, too. And I, I'm probably going to do it. And then I'm probably going to come in here tomorrow <laughs> upset because I let Brett Martin talk me into something I shouldn't have did. I, I did not talk you into talk it. Talk me into it. But I might Help do it, too. Help the gun to my head. Yeah, let's get it. 
I might do it. Uh, all right, check it out. PrizePicks.com, the PrizePicks app. We're having fun with it. Uh, and hopefully you will too. Put in the uh, promo code JAX, J-A-X, and you can get up to a 100% match on your first uh, deposit of up to $100. So you can get a 100% match, no doubt, up to $100. Uh, PrizePicks.com, the PrizePicks app. It's, it's really a lot of fun to play along. And, and it's not just the NFL. College football, I got a little golf going on the European tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do halves. <laughs> they got first half out. College basketball as well. Uh, been diving into that, and that's been a bit fun as well. So uh, check it out and play along with us with the promo code JAX, and tell us how you did. We'll be watching the game tonight. That one on Fox 30, by the way. We got more football talk and a couple of offbeat topics, too. Oh, we have plenty of offbeat topics. And James Harden? Can we talk about Des Bryant, too, please? James Harden? And James Harden? And Giannis? And Des Bryant? And y- Not a chance? It's fake news. Fake no, news. No. Who's watching to see it happen? I mean, hey, well, I'd love to wanna... see James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo play together. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen because then that makes my team have a little bit sure. more of a hard time. I'm the... just saying it's not possible. Like, it's physically impossible. But we'll talk about it. We'll break it down. That's what we do on the show. All right. Talk about the physically impossible. Physically impossible. We're yep. going to Mars. Next on ESPN <laughs> 690. Alien alert. Brent Martineau. How many push-ups did you do in three minutes? Did you try the challenge? Austin Lane. I don't, I don't need lactic acid build up when I'm in fight camp. Brent, you kidding me? Take my word for it. I've more than you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. This is a gigantic freaking moment for your franchise. Gigantic. And I hate to put it like this to Rocket fans, but like, you know, Houston has been a hub of the NBA since they got Harden. And because of McGrady and because of Yao, they've generally been a hub for a long time. Ask the Phoenix Suns how fleeting this can be. Okay? Ask the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost Garnett. How's life been since then? You know, they haven't had Garnett since 2008. They've missed the playoffs 15 of 16 years. When, When are they getting another Garnett? And that's why this is really serious business. That is uh, Brian Windhorst. How about that? Nice, how, nice who, poll. How do you, what? That, who, who's told you that one? He didn't. Who is Brian Windhorst? He's uh, basically was like on the James LeBron James beat for all those years in Cleveland. Now he's become, you know, I mean, you watch enough NBA stuff. You don't see Windhorst on uh, ESPN. I just don't know names. Yeah. He's, or voices, uh, apparently. Yeah, he's a big, big part of their coverage. Me, hey, uh, real quick, before we get a little bit of NBA, which we hardly do, but uh, a lot going on there. I thought this was an interesting comment by Mike. Oh, I know that guy. I got you. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Of course, now the video feed just changed, so now I can't see Mike's comment. But uh, essentially, he said, when we were talking about bringing a guy over like Fitz had mentioned, yep. he, he brought up uh, Ryan Tannehill to Miami yep. and Sherman. From there Texas A&M to be the OC. That's an interesting call. It's a great example. Yeah, it's good. Okay, it's one example. It doesn't work. It's a great example. <laughs> it's a fantastic example. Well, what is Ryan Tan? Hey, what is Ryan Tannehill doing now? Yeah, you got rid of Sherman, and here he goes. The same, bro. No, it's a good. It is a good example, though. Um, and he also mentioned transfers in there. Uh, you know, even Joe Burrow, who will always be. It, it is wild, right? Joe Burrow was an Ohio State guy. Yeah. For more than he was an LSU guy, mm-hmm. yet will be cemented forever. In Baton Rouge, sure. as an LSU guy, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's funny how like Jalen Hurts, who had a fantastic year at Oklahoma, will still be an Alabama guy. 
Correct. In our minds. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It is kind of wild. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Listen, Joe Burrow didn't do anything at Ohio State for us. Well, like, Hur- for, to see. Hurts won the Heisman, right? Or no. not? Oh, he, okay, he was. No, won the Heisman last year. No, Burrow won the Heisman. But I'm sitting, okay, I'm sure. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hurts he went, won the uh, national he champion with Alabama, and then yeah. he, okay, gotcha. That's what it was. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's weird because, like, I, I guess I remember Hurts more from that game, right? Because that's when Tua came in. So he's more known for that, and obviously it's not a highlight and hurts his eyes, but he did have a lot of success at Oklahoma as well. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, James Harden, where does he end up? Coos? I. It's not the Bucks. Okay, first of all, there's rumors saying he wants to go to the Bucks. Well, listen, hey, James Harden wants great. to go everywhere. No, he does want to go everywhere. I mean, everywhere but, but like, Houston, apparently. But you know how Twitter is. Well, James Harden's going to the Bucks, him and Giannis, and everyone's getting the pictures and everything like that. And then all of a sudden you see it, and it's like, well, what can the Bucks do, Brent? Right? Because they spent how much to get Drew Holiday? They gave up like first. They gave up three first round picks. Who are you going to trade for James Harden right now, Chris Middleton? I doubt it. So with that being said, there's like, listen, I want to, I want to get a Porsche 911. I want to get a bunch of things. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know why? Is it a Porsche 911? Yeah, Porsche 911. But it ain't going to happen. You know why? Because that's fantasy. And James Harden, and plus it's not economical right now. But James Harden going to Milwaukee. It's fantasy. It's, just, it's not going to happen. I'll connect you with the Fields Auto Group if you want that. I appreciate it. By the way, and, uh, uh, I'm definitely getting a Ford Bronco, so it's all good. <laughs> or going to be the, the Tesla truck. We'll see, Brent. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what's up. Uh, the James Harden is, is it a sweepstakes? Like, does he want others more than they want him? Is this a courtship? No, no, um, no it's not. Because listen, it's still James Harden. Like, I, I get maybe he offers you some distractions. Uh, maybe his defense is kind of a liability, even though he's really good in terms of getting steals. But overall, he's a scorer, man, right? I think he was a scoring champion yeah. last year or two years ago, whatever the, the case may be. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. The guy puts up points, and you need points to win the NBA. So with that being said, I think right now we always talk about this, the Antonio Brown effect, if you will. The the talent outweighs the distractions. Yeah, listen, I don't think he's a major headache. I, I just am wondering, is this? it feels more... Harden is just on his way out, so mm-hmm. he wants his way out that I don't really feel like the other teams are reciprocating. It's like, hey, the Nets, okay, well, we already got Kyrie Irving and Durant, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what else can we do if we're the Bucks? Mm-hmm. We got Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, you yeah. know, you're stuck. Like, yeah. people have made their plans, and while Harden is a great commodity, it's like, okay, but you asked us too late. Like, mm-hmm. this is coming together, too. Like, I can't do this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to pull this off? And so that really limits your teams. That's what it feels like. No, no, I, I get it there. Um, because everyone's kind of got their, their guys set already, you know? And, like, anytime you go after Harden, like, that's number one. It's a big investment, obviously, uh, in terms of price. But it's also a big investment in terms of the team dynamic. And, like, not like Harden's not that guy who can just go anywhere and have success. Like, it's got to be a setup on offense. There's, there's a lot of things that you can do. Like, right, there's... There's a couple players out there, like I think Giannis is one of them, where you put Giannis on any team, and they're going to be better. They're going to be exponentially better. Mm -hmm. James Harden, they could be better, but it feels like it's got to have the right formula. It's got to have the right feel. And when you had Russell Westbrook and James Harden together last year, yeah, they had some success here or there. But they they couldn't cross that threshold you know, uh, of going to the finals just because it didn't work. It didn't gel. So that's what comes with James Harden. 
Right, like if I'm the Knicks, if, if I'm somebody right now that that's in need of a rebrand, in need of some hype, in need of some energy, um, in need of some livelihood, all day, I'm going after James Harden. But if I'm like one of the top two, top three teams in the East or West, I'm thinking long and hard if I want James Harden on my team. Think about uh, what Windhorst said was really interesting. A forgotten team of irrelevance is really the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. You know, over the yeah. years, they've had players, they've had shots, they've had this young nucleus that, that were trying to put things together and win big, and they haven't been able to deliver on it. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of respects, they're kind of like, it's like they did what the Jags were trying to do, too. You know, and I always equate to Houston and other teams, but they failed at it. Yeah. Where they said, hey, we're getting young. We're going to have all these lottery picks. We're going to stink for a little bit. Um, but we're going to build this thing up, this young group of talent, and we're going to sustain winning for a while. Mm-hmm. It's never materialized in, in Minnesota. And they've had a lot of talented guys, like guys that were hyped up to be the guy. And some of them have been good players. Yeah. Uh, but never really lived up to it. And then, of course, you have the Jimmy Butler stuff where I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, a franchise I don't really think gets talked about a lot. Talk about a golden opportunity and, and really have kind of messed it up over the last decade. They have. You know, I mean, obviously KG was the man there. And then when they lost him, yes, they got a king's ransom for him. But those draft picks never amounted anything. You know, like I'm reminded. I mean, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is all right. Uh, I'm reminded of like Andrew Wiggins kind of never amounted to anything. Uh, Ricky Rubio was kind of here or there. So with that being said, I mean, they, they just lost in the draft, you know, and they just, they essentially, it's kind of like for Jalen Ramsey right now. Well, right? yeah, like, that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, the Jaguars. like the Jags. They had good players, right? They have Jan, they had like maybe Miles, they have Ramsey, but they couldn't do anything with some of yeah. the parts that they even had. Like well, Minnesota's had good enough, some good players, but they have not been able to sustain it, wrap around it, yeah. put the complementary pieces together. And here we are. You big Wally Zerbiak guy. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you, guys, nah. you, you have the same hairstyle. Come on now. You have the same hairstyle. <laughs> Don't hate I'm on that. I'm a bowl cut guy. You're a bowl cut guy. I got you. <laughs> but no, like, listen, with Kevin Garnett, like, he wanted to go win a championship. You can't fault him for that, right? Those and, were hard times, by the way, that divorce, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, like, it echoes the Jalen Ram situation because when Kevin Garnett left, yes, you got a king's ransom for him. And obviously, when they drafted their guys like Wiggins, well, the pressure was on to replace it. Because, listen, we got this for Kevin Garnett. Now, whoever you draft has to go out there and be the next Kevin Garnett. You have to have your own shoe with Adidas. You have to go out there and be one of the faces of the NBA. And they never had a guy that could do that. Same thing with the Jaguars right now. You lose Jalen Ramsey. You get a King's Ransom. And right now you're waiting for you know C.J. Henderson. You're waiting for Chase on to say, you know what? Make this right. Like, make that trade right. Make those draft picks right. And make us forget about Jalen Ramsey. And guess what? Hate to say it. But at least on this show, and I'm sure in the community as well, we're still talking about how good Jalen Ramsey is. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, he's he's like the fifth highest odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen Ramsey is. So that's how good he's been. Where's Miles Garrett? Uh, third. Mm. T.J. Watts number one. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I forget who was number two. Maybe Miles Garrett is. No, no, no. Uh, Donald. Donald. Yeah, 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 yeah. Donald, and then so two out of the top five are on the Rams. <sighs> How about that? Uh, but, you know, I, I think what you said, like, and they had their exodus, too. Like, Butler kind of felt like yeah. the Yon thing, right? Or yeah. the Ramsey thing. It, it's like, I want out of here, you know? So it, it's an interesting comparison. And I, I will say, at one time, the Minnesota Timberwolves and what the Jags were doing, I had somebody in the building mm-hmm. at the time tell me, take a look at what they're like. I 
And, and now that we bring it up in hindsight, I kind of remember that conversation. It wasn't like exactly like I always say Houston, the Atlanta Braves and what they've done. I mean, there are blueprints for this now yeah. and what the Jags were trying to do back in 13, 14, 15, 16. And so, but Minnesota was an, a, an organization that came up in conversation. Like, look at all the young talent. Look what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's, you got growing pains, but bam, you hope. Well, the bam never came. Yeah. You know, I would love to see like through all their drafts that they had. Like who they missed on, you know. Yeah, like in terms of who they picked, I mean, it'll take a little bit, but I like, they like had, to see that. Well, you talk about a team that had a ton of lottery picks, yep. right? Now mm-hmm. you know you have a little less control because you're waiting on ping pong balls, yeah. You know, instead yeah. of exact draft order. But much like the Jags have been picking in the top ten, I would say Minnesota and and the Jags have picked in the top ten probably like an equal amount of times in the last dozen years. Yeah, it feels like it at least. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if the numbers say so. Uh, when we come back. Any interest in Marvin Lewis? Hmm. Let's get into that one. Next on ESPN 690. Marvin, there's a certain element of appreciation for what he's now done, and people realize what he's done in Cincinnati. I mean, he took a team, a franchise that has not been good, and made it relevant. And yes, they didn't win a playoff game, which is why I think there were people that sat on him. But Marvin Lewis is a good football coach. He's a great man, knows what he's doing, somebody that's got experience. And how often have we heard that before? I've heard that from so many executives over time. You need somebody who's experienced, somebody that understands how the job works. You know, it's it's not just about X's and O's as being a head coach. It's beyond, it's about so much more than that. Marvin knows that. So if, if you want to dial up somebody that has experience, that knows the game, that gets it, Marvin Lewis would be your guy. Hmm. That's Adam Schefter from ESPN, Marvin Lewis, uh, and and that has been pushed out there by Marvin Lewis's agent in the last couple of days. I saw Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, well, I shouldn't say it. Maybe Daniel Jeremiah pushed it out or somebody, and now everybody's like, okay, let's talk about this. Marvin Lewis kind of forgot about him, mm-hmm. so maybe that could be it. I, I should backtrack a little bit, but it kind of feels like all the everybody's talking about Marvin Lewis. It was like his agent said, "Hey, guess what time of the year it is? It's coaching carousel <laughs> time." Don't forget board. about my guy. Buy your ticket. Right. Let's go. Everybody's a good agent, board. by the way. Yes, sir. Very good agent. Yes, sir. So, um, hey, we're going to get into that in just a moment for a few minutes. Real quick, I do want to mention, we launched today uh, a Dream 18 card, uh, which is pretty cool. We've been working on it. It's it's fun. Um, if you like golf, if you need gifts for the holidays and you don't like golf, if you like free stuff from local businesses, <laughs> we have uh, a go bunch on. of different things. And you go to... Is it up on the ESPN 690? ESPN690.com. That'll be the easiest way to, to get you to the site. Um, it's also Action Sports Jacks, Dream18.com. But ESPN690.com is the easiest way, and there will be a link right there to get you there. Uh, great gift for the holidays. Um, some of the proceeds go to charity uh, for our Dream 18 charities, which is St. Michael's Soldiers and North Florida Junior Golf Foundation. We've been uh, supporting them for, for years now. And discounted golf at some of the area courses, and we're excited to to work with the courses and promote local courses like uh, Southampton and Eagle Landing, and up in in South Ju- Southeast Georgia, Osprey Cove, Amelia River, uh, Hidden Hills, Queens Harbor on the list as well. St. John's Golf and Country Club on the list as well. Fleming Island Golf Club. Plus, we have some businesses giving away free stuff like free smoothie to Smoothie King, free shirt to Baker Sports, uh, and a free hat from our buddies at at Dome Hats. And then uh, Martin and Palm Beach Autographs also giving a 15% discount on any item. So, heck, you go buy a jersey that's 
in the Avenues Mall, you know, it might be worth, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. You can get a pretty good savings there on on one item. So uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. But go to ESPN690.com. Great stocking stuffer. And um, we're excited about it. Kind of fired up, put a lot of work into it. So check it out uh, if you uh, if, if you want. And uh, also we'll support some of our charity efforts uh, along the way. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. The odds are interesting about the next coach to be fired. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn is the favorite. Yeah. Adam Gase would be next. Um, Doug Marone's four to one. That's because Shad Khan's already said he's here at least through the end of the season. Correct. So some interesting odds. Who do you think it, does Anthony Lynn? Do, are there any other coach, coaching firings in the next four weeks? I mean, Shad Khan said his piece about Doug Marone, so I think Doug Marone's out. I think that if you haven't fired Adam Gase by now, you're not going to do it. So I think he's out. I think the only guy that could realistically um, be let go is Anthony Lynn. I'm looking at the schedule right now to see like how it looks towards the end of the season. Uh, what do they got? What do they got? Uh, so we got, oof, yeah, I mean, we got Falcons, Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs. Now, the reason why I go, ooh, yeah, I'm going, ooh, yeah, because those aren't like, the, so the Falcons, Raiders, and Broncos, those are winnable games. Uh, at least uh, the Falcons and the Broncos are. But I'm saying if those games go awry and you get crushed by those teams, those are the type of games right there that get you canned. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if they get blown up by the Chiefs, it's not going to be like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, who isn't? But if you lose to the Falcons pretty badly, or depending on how that Raiders game goes, or the Broncos, that could be grounds for dismissal. Well, keep in mind, they've had a lot of games they should have won, could have won, and didn't win. And now it's getting a little embarrassing um, for the Chargers' special teams and lining up and all that stuff hasn't been good. Uh, Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Does he do anything for you? Um, yes and no. Um, I think people have an issue with Marvin Lewis because you look at his resume and what is he known for? He never went to the big one. Never, right? never won a playoff game. Won, never won a playoff game. But if but, you look at what he, what Cincinnati did before he got there and now after, yep. he did a lot of good stuff. No, without a doubt. And I think if you're a Jaguars fan right now, you would take the playoffs over anything. So <laughs> that, that is intriguing. He's intriguing because he's a defensive guy. So culture gets brought up a little bit. But I think the trend that you've seen with like Mike McCarthy, for instance, where that was supposed to be like the hot signing, you've seen how bad it's gone right now in, in Dallas. I'm not calling Marvin Lewis a Mike McCarthy type, but I'm just saying it makes you scratch your head and go, do we really want to go after this guy? Because look, look what's going on with Mike McCarthy. I mean, Ron Rivera having success. Yeah, another thought but, or two on, on second-time coaches or recycled coaches, if you will, plus the wall that says it all next.